What is up, world? John Shute here with another Puff Creative podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of being with Catherine Golden and Eloise Thiessen of Leaf 401. Catherine and Eloise, how are you doing? Great. Thank you for having us. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks, John, for having us. My pleasure. My pleasure. I've been, uh, I've had the pleasure of working with both of you pretty closely over the past couple months, uh, working on the Opiate Awareness Guide. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back to that uh, towards the end of the podcast. Um, if one of you could give us a little overview of uh, what LEAF 411 is, uh, that would be awesome place to start out for the podcast. Sure, sure. So um, what what is LEAF 411? Well, LEAF 411 was first and foremost created to tackle healthcare inequality. You know, that was the biggest uh concern I saw when I was a cannabis nurse in a private practice here in Colorado, you know, I saw that, um, you know, only people who could afford the out-of-pocket expense of seeing a physician to even ask the questions if they needed to, you know, how do they use cannabis? Do they need a card? Do they, you know, is it something that they should even look at? Um, only the people that could afford that out-of-pocket expense um, for the medical card for the doctor's appointment, then for the expense of medicine could get that guidance from us. But what about everybody else? You know, so that's kind of where the idea popped in my head that, you know, I needed it to be um, for everyone. I wanted it to be for everyone. Um, you know, I have, uh, I know this is going to roll into my personal experience, but that's where it started. Um, you know, being the nurse in my family, my brother-in-law was suddenly diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and given two to five years to live. Never a smoker, kids in high school, my family was devastated. And me being the uh, licensed medical professional in the family, uh, we heard the word cannabis kind of thrown around, but really they didn't know anything about it. So I just um, went ahead and said, well, let me take on cannabis. It's here in Colorado. I vo voted against it for adult use. I was like, ah, I believed everything. All the propaganda I believed. And then, um, and then that's wow. where Leaf started. Yeah, I know. I'm wow, always I didn't honest know about any that. Of this. Wow. I voted against it. Um, <laughs> I I wasn't informed, and um, but that's where Leaf. You know, going back to your question, how did Leaf yeah. come about? That's where it came about because I could help my sister and my brother-in-law because I knew about cannabis. What about everybody else who don't have medical professionals in their life or who can't afford to even pay the hundred and fifty or three hundred dollars just to go to a clinician and say? can I use this, you know? Um, so, so that's where it started. Interesting. And, um, and now like, I know you promote yourselves as a nurse hotline, but I feel like you're so much more, you're a nonprofit, um, you're an educational hub for folks. And uh, I'd say anyone can reach out to your hotline at any time and get any of their answers, question, or, uh, questions answered about cannabis. Yes, yeah, anybody can call. Um, we are national, you know, we've actually, I like to say we're even global because we get chats on our um, homepage and we uh, have taken, you know, chats from France, from Australia, from South America, from, um, yeah, South Africa. Uh, we get calls from Canada. So we, you know, we're global now, but mostly in the United States, um, I think our last uh, quarterly data analysis, we track, you know, uh, the zip codes of people that call and, you um, we can show that we've 
received calls from, I think about 46 out of 50 states now um, of people asking about cannabis. So it's very, you know, that was the number one thing that was the number one goal in mind. It needed to be easily accessible. So a phone line and um, affordable, so free. So nonprofit was the way to go. And a hotline was the way that was me wanting to really make it a hotline. I was, I was told in the beginning by a lot of people that it was very antiquated and I knew it, you know, oh, are we going back to the 800 days? And I'm like, yeah, because with a phone, anyone has a phone, you know, when people were suggesting, oh, you should start off with apps and stuff. I'm like, well, you know, you're leaving a lot of people who are non-digital natives out, who don't have access to smartphones, you're leaving a lot of the community out and more so the, you know, underserved communities that, that really need some guidance um, and should have equal um, advantage to the same healthcare as everybody else does. So that's why a hotline was born. Interesting. Yeah, it's, I agree. And I feel like you can get lost, um, you know, doing your own personal research in medical you know, advice in general, let alone cannabis, which still there's so much limitations behind um, what can actually be on the internet and like what's valid and like how much research has actually been done in certain areas. And as personally as a marketer and advertiser, um, I, you know, I have so many different barriers and limitations to what we can actually um, market and educate people on in a certain way. So to me, it's very valuable to have a hotline and resource like you uh, who are medical professionals and can guide people in the right direction, especially in, you know, emergency situations you call them or something that something that someone needs to know, you know, right on the spot. So um, very helpful. And um, I guess I kind of just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dive right into your story a little bit more. I know you, you touched on it. Um, so that was kind of your inspiration for starting Leaf 401. Um, where, where, when did your nursing career start? And um, <laughs> Yeah, like where are you Very from? Very long exactly? time ago, John. <laughs> 25 years ago, uh, 26 years, eh, I think okay. this year. Um, I, I've been a nurse for 25 and a half years and in cannabis nursing for about five. So um, it started, like I said, 2016, you know, we voted adult use. I was still mm-hmm. believe the propaganda. I didn't, you know, it never worked for me personally. So, you know, there's your biases like, ah, it didn't work for me. I saw friends who used it that just, you know, didn't seem like they were using it for motivation or anything like that. So, um, so I was clouded by that, you know, and until it took, and you know, it's funny when you're in this industry, you talk to people and it's usually a personal story that leads them into this in some way. Um, But that was my personal story. I would have never, I was retired as a nurse. I was like, "Mm, I'm out, you know, I'm just going to raise my daughter and all of that. And this really dragged me back in because um, I felt the need, it, you know, I was angry actually when I found out that there was a lot of science. You hear that all the time. And still to this day, I can't even believe it. To this day, even in a work group here in Colorado, just last week, people were saying, there's no science. There's no science that, that um, CBD or THC has any medicinal benefits. I'm like, what are you saying? There's zero science. So that language is still being used today, which is crazy. So imagine me five years ago. Yeah, I was believing it until I, and then when I saw going to what clinicians go to for their resources, you know, you have science direct, you have PubMed, you have these wonderful resources. And then you're seeing, they might not be the ideal that studies, you know, you want to go to, you know, the double blind placebo, Mm -hmm. but you still have in vivo and in vitro models. Those are animal and lab models. You still have something 
that's showing that there's promise. And that's what was exciting. That's awesome. And have, has, has your journey always been in Colorado? Uh, well, no, I started off in, well, cannabis, yes. <laughs> but I'm from California. So my whole nursing okay. career was California. I've uh, been in Colorado since 2005. Yeah, so the whole cannabis experience has been in Colorado. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's funny, like two, two like states that are kind of known for cannabis in general, though. So I, again, to your point, I always find it interesting, everyone's story and how they got involved, because everyone has a different one. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. Um, and speaking of stories, I know we haven't heard from you too much, Elise. Um, <laughs> wanted to uh, just dive into a little bit you know, more of where you're from and you know how, how you got into nursing leading into the cannabis space and how we're here today. <laughs> Yeah, like Catherine, I've been in it for a couple decades now and started out in California. I've been in cannabis in particularly since 2012 or 13. You know, it's hard to keep track of time these days, but mine was a personal journey, you know, with um, actually with opioids. I had been in a pretty severe car accident that left me um, disabled by the age of 35. So I started looking for other opportunities to treat my chronic pain because every time I went to the physician, it was take this pill, take this pill. And I actually ended up with what's called um, serotonin syndrome. So I ended up in the emergency room um, where, you know, it can be a very serious condition. If not treated, you can end up in a coma, you can die. Um, and that was a result of polypharmacy. And it was sort of at that point that I recognized that my journey of, you know, using these medications to treat my pain wasn't, you know, it, it was fascinating because as a healthcare professional, I believed in everything that I had recommended up until that point. And then the light bulb went off and I said, oh, this is why my patients say that their pain's not being well controlled because it's not, you know, this is why they're seeking other, you know, more opioids or, or more medications because they're really not getting the relief that they, that they want. Um, so having that purse, that firsthand experience was very eye-opening for me. And, um, I came back to cannabis. I'd been a pretty heavy consumer in my teens <laughs> and, you know, gave it up when I went into nursing school and, and came back to it and realized, you know, for me it worked. And, and then I thought that was kind of it, you know, I'm like, it helped me on my journey. I went back to school. I became a nurse practitioner. Um, but then I had oncology patients asking me about it every day to the point where I recognized that there was really, you know, an opportunity here to educate them. You know, like what Catherine was talking about, the the reason that LEAF 411 was born was to help, um, you know, create opportunities for people to become educated, not just patients, but also, you know, healthcare practitioners. And, and, you know, we want to make sure that we're diversifying these options for people that they have opportunities beyond just going to get a card, right? They have access to real evidence-based education. And, you know, that was, I feel like I call myself an accidental entrepreneur, you know, cause I was just really sort of sucked into it by this, this need. I'll never forget this 80 year old patient of mine who wanted to use cannabis to treat her nausea. And we knew that she was going to have a regimen that likely would cause severe vomiting, even with our great medications today. And her physician told her no, that she could not use can medical cannabis. And this was in 2014 in California. And she said, oh, that's okay. I'll just go to the streets and get it. And she was serious, you know? And I just thought, oh my gosh, there's such an opportunity here to educate and make sure that we're reducing harm for our patients. I couldn't, I couldn't stand the thought of her going out yeah, there. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And that gets brought up a lot with 
my personal life too, just being from New Jersey, where, you know, some of my friends and family are like, oh, like, you know, recreation and medical legalization has impacted me because I just still buy from the same, you know, drug dealer. <laughs> um, and it's like, yeah, well, like, do you actually even know what's in that product that you're consuming or the ingredients and the edibles or in the vape carts or in the flower itself? Um, so there, yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting being like, you know, so submerged in the industry in Colorado and all these other legal states and, um, knowing, you know, humans like yourselves, and then there's still that disconnect, um, mm -hmm. which makes what, what y'all do so, so important. Um, yeah. interesting. And when did exactly did you cross paths with Catherine and leave 411? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a beautiful uh, sunny day in San Diego. We, we met at a, another nurse, cannabis nursing conference and we just, I, I think it was mutually, um, we just fell in love with, with what each other was doing and stayed in contact and then, you know, had the opportunity to come on board um, in a more official capacity in early 2021. So. Yeah, awesome. I stalked her. She's, she's not telling you that I did stalk her. You know, when I became a you know, cannabis nurse, I looked at the leaders and Eloise was a leader in cannabis nursing. And so, you know, that's the good thing. That's the wonderful thing about nursing. I think in general, we're all tight knit and we, we mm -hmm. like following who's leading. And, and Eloise totally. is one of those leaders that I was stalking and like, please, I want to meet you. Awesome. Yeah, we really work well together. That's what nurses do. They come together for the greater good. You know, we're always problem solving and uh, using that collective voice to help patients. I bet. I have a, a random question that just came up before we, we circle back to what's going on with Leaf 41 now. Um, since, you know, the, I'm assuming the COVID, uh, the pandemic impacted Leaf 41 and you, you person, both personally and in a number of different ways. Did you see a different trend in the types of phone calls or like an increase in calls during the pandemic or was there anything interesting that you could share? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was interesting. So we, num we knew we had to pivot right away and include some uh, COVID education. You know, everybody was, you know, there was an alarm that went off. Right. So we said, yeah. okay, we're nurses. How can we help? So right away we, we, focused it on our industry and we developed kind of COVID guidelines, you know, because here you have dispensaries with staff that know nothing about medicine being told how to be safe with gloves, with masks, and even something as simple as, you know, even going into a dispensary and knowing that they're using the same glove to touch everything, you know, this was way back in the beginning when they were like, clean everything, right? Yeah. And then we're saying, wait, that's not how you use gloves. You know, you have one interaction with someone, then you take them off, you wash your hands, you put on a new set. So even something as basic as that is we needed to tell our industry. So we sent out wow. um, an email to all of our members saying, you know, we're here for you. We're nurses. You know, first and foremost, we're nurses and we've been, you know, in nursing for a long time. So we can go over basic, um, you know, hand washing uh, skills, we can go glove skills, mask, we can, we can teach, we can educate. So that's how we incorporated as far as our calls, you know, we saw there was an evolution of the call. So at first it was fear, you know, one of the first ones we had was a woman who bought um, a container of, I believe it was Wana gummies. And she had it prior to the announcement of the pandemic and was afraid to touch them because she said, how do I know? I don't know if this has COVID on it. 
but I bought him like two months ago. <laughs> like, you're fine, but if you want to be extra, <laughs> you know, okay, you just wash the outside of the container, wash your hands. That's what a lot we had to keep telling people. They were afraid to touch anything that they had even purchased prior. So then we saw that that like evolution happen where it went from that to, oh, wait, I'm hearing that you can't take um, ibuprofen with COVID, you know, because of the infl- inflammatory process. And I know CBD can be kind of considered an uh, anti-inflammatory. How do we how do we navigate that? You know, so um, we jumped on it right away. You know, we have a, a, a robust advisory board. So we got Dr. David Gordon to write a statement on what he was seeing as far as um, what you could do with COVID. And then Eloise, as soon as she came on, we were um, always relying on Eloise to help guide us with our calls for that. We have a leaf library, so we were able to put what Eloise and Dr. Dave would say on our leaf library in a section called COVID and cannabis. So that way we could, the nurses on a call could guide them and then they could actually have that at hand, you know? So how, wow. how do I, how do I use, can I use? Um, and some of them too, we ha- I remember distinctly a call from somebody, a young man who said like, I don't, I don't want to hurt my lungs. I know COVID attacks your lungs. I want to use gummies now. Actually, one of those was a crisis call he thought because he had such a high tolerance in um, in inhalation that he could eat an entire chocolate bar, which he did. He ate an entire chocolate bar and saw. And then he he chatted with me actually, and he was very coherent, uh, you know. And those were even though we're not a crisis line or we didn't set out to be a crisis line, we're nurses, so we're gonna we're gonna take I, that crisis. <laughs> I, I personally would I personally would have called in crisis if I ate an entire chocolate <laughs> bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, he got, he was texting or chatting, and he's like, uh-oh, I think I made a mistake. I ate the whole bar. And, you know, as nurses, what we do is we triage. So the first thing, I, and it was like on a Sunday, we were locked down. I know I was I was painting my bedroom with my husband and my daughter. That's You had to do something, right? What are you going to do all day stuck in a house? And so I was chatting with him, and I, you know, do what our nurses do. Okay, who's home with you? Are you in a safe environment? Are those people impaired or are they, you know, sober? Tell me who's there. Tell me, you know, so in, in all of that, you know, I was able to reassure him, no lethal dose, all of that, you know, tell me what you're feeling. He was feeling fine. He was just a little nervous, lay in bed, keep some water there. Cause you're going to get thirsty. Um, you don't want to stumble out of bed. So all those things. And I, that's the evolution of how the calls went, um, you know, kind of just more, in a panic from touching things to, I want to, you know, keep my lungs clear, trying yeah. new form, new routes of administration. Interesting. It's crazy how, uh, it, this, how everyone's impacted in different ways. It actually wasn't, that actually wasn't what I was expecting you to say. So that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so another great opportunity, um, that we've had to collaborate together on during this whole, you know, interesting, you know, past, two years or whatever we're into this now um, is the uh, opioid awareness guide. Um, I know, you know, Eloise mentioned that, you know, she has a history um, with opioids uh, impacting her life in a certain way. I, I personally do other people on my team. We worked with, with this guide. Um, could you, from your own words, tell us a little bit more about the guide and what, what, why you're so excited that we just launched it a few weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've seen some of the statistics come out from COVID about the increase in overdose 
deaths, again, related to opioids, right? So one of the things that I noticed in my personal practice during COVID was um, more of my long-term patients were coming in for like a tune-up. They were booking another 15-minute appointment to say, okay, my anxiety is out of control again, or my sleep's out of control again, or my pain's out of control because I'm not moving. You know, I'm stuck inside my house and I, you know, I've got my achy joints and, and all of that. And so, you know, really wanting to bring awareness to using cannabis as an option for pain management, particularly chronic pain. I think is really important because we have such great evidence to support that cannabinoids are effective for the treatment of chronic pain in adults, yet it's still considered a last resort. Um, we're still seeing some practices that they test you for THC and then they won't allow you to continue the use of your um, opioids. And so patients really are being put in this position where they're not given choices. Um, they're not educated, they're not informed. So we wanted to bring this guide forward to so patients could have a quick reference, you know, something that would help them to say, look, we know that cannabinoids can be helpful. I want to get started on this, you know, to start that conversation with their healthcare professional as well, right? Really give them something that's um, easy to refer to. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And that was our goal with this, this guide series was, you know, have very important uh, information that's condensed and shareable so people can easily share it with their family, friends, and anyone can kind of digest it and understand where, you know, we're all coming from through our experience and our education and our research. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been an honor working with you on that. I know that can be um, found on your website as well as the chat and, uh, you know, information to the hotline and um, another area that I know has started gaining more traction uh, since you know the pandemic has started um, is the is the leaf learning series. Um, I believe that's on your YouTube channel, um, from what I understand. Uh, yes. Could, could, cool. Yeah. Could you could you just tell us a little bit more about that and why why you're excited sure. about the leaf learning series? Yeah, so the Leaf Learning Series is part of our outreach program. So our hotline program is our first program. And as nonprofits, what we do, what your purpose is, is to develop, um, you know, you see problems and you develop solutions and those solutions are your programs. So our first one was our hotline. And then um, we launched our outreach program, which was in March of um, last year, was um, uh, two years ago, I think, yeah. Um, and that was, we had just come out and we were boots on the ground, going to do in-person um, leaf learning series where we'd have a little audience and do kind of some education. Then the pandemic hit, we had to pivot. So we went all virtual. So that's where it started. Now we had to do something virtual um, and it ended up being really great tool. So what we do is we tackle certain topics. Our first one was kind of a cannabis 101. And then we went to um, one for veterans in cannabis use because, you know, on the hotline, we do get a lot of veterans calling and then they would say, well, I think I'm going to lose um, my benefits. I can't tell my, you know, my doctor, things like that. So, you know, we tackle a topic um, and that's our leaf learning series. So, and we have one, the last one we had was our fourth one was um, uh, pain, cannabis for pain management. So that was just ideal because like, you know, we take non-identifying data on our hotline uh, with all of our callers. And the number one topic um, up until this last quarter, so for a year, I'd been pain as number one. And I think that's what I, you know, what resonated the most with me when I, when I started the hotline, it was just me as the only one like, hey, 
you know, um, the only <laughs> person on the hotline. And it was, I just was so um, hurt by knowing that our whole country's in pain, physical pain and emotional pain. Everybody that was calling had some type of pain, either acute, chronic, or emotional pain. It's like, wow, everybody's in pain. So, um, so we knew that that's always lead at the, the number one topic around the country. So, you know, that's where we grab a topic and we focus on it. And, and that's why we knew um, pain management for our leaf learning series was important. That's amazing. Man, you, 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 you both are so awesome. It's, it's so cool to hear your story and everything you have going on. Um, you know, and I'll be sure to plug in links to the site, um, the leaf uh, learning series, the opioid awareness guide. Um, and everything else that you have going on so folks can learn more, contact you, and also donate to, to help the cause because this is so important. Um, is there anything you want to leave our, our listeners with before we before we check off here? Or how are you feeling about the podcast? I, I, hope, I hope it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, thank you, John. I, I'm so grateful for your support and helping us with the outreach because I think Catherine and I both feel, um, you know, that we'd love to see the industry, you know, come together you know, and mature a little bit and start recognizing the opportunities that are here by bridging that gap between the healthcare consumer and the healthcare professional and the dispensary and the cannabis industry and dispensary staff. So, you know, we'd just 100%. love to see us all coming together for the greater good. Oh, I'm here for it. And, and I will continue to be in, um, you know, our listeners can expect more announcements from all of us in the coming months for sure. So, um, Catherine Elise, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. it. You have a great rest of the day. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, John. Awesome. Thank you.